Hey, look, welcome to today's episode. This is going to be very different than what we've done in the past, but um, I'm really excited because I was going back and I was listening to one of my talks um, at a uh, middle school for a middle school football team. And there was something in there where I was like, man, after watching it, I felt even more inspired to elaborate on the point to be able to help you be able to grow as a leader as well, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to review a video of mine um, where I speak about decisions and how important it is that not only do we make the right decisions, but that we know why we are making those decisions. See, like, I think a lot of parents, um, fathers, mothers, just leaders, you know, of like maybe younger kids, things like that. Sometimes it's challenging to be like, hey, how do I get them to want to make the right decision? And what I really believe is critical is that they need to know two things. The first one is that someone else's destiny can be tied to their next decision. Second thing, people need to understand that not only can someone's destiny be tied to your decision, but if you have a dream, you'll start to make the right decisions to get there. So as leaders, we need to give people practical plans to follow, help them dream, and then give them a practical plan to follow to get there, right? So that we say, hey, look, if this is what you wanna be, then this is where we need to go. I'm gonna give you one last tip before we jump into the episode, okay? Um, there's a pastor in my area who I heard him talk about this twice and it was so helpful. And he talks about how to raise younger, um, his sons, right? He talked about how to raise his sons. And he said, one thing he tells them when they're like, Hey, how come I can't do that? How come my friend's allowed to go to this party and I'm not? And he says, listen, I want you to know something real quick. My goal is to help you become great because I believe you're meant to be great. And what they're doing, I don't believe is great. So that's why I'm not letting you do it because I want you to become great. Man, how good is that? Let's jump into the episode. Go ahead and listen to this next part, and then we're gonna talk about it more. We'll see ya. Welcome to the KO Podcast, where we select, specialize you with training, and send you out to bring transformation to a hurting world. To bring transformation to the systems and the people and the hearts that need it most. Look, if you're someone who you believe that our best days are ahead of us, then this is the podcast for you. If you are a mission-minded leader, we are here to serve you. Because see, the mission is greater than what you do. The mission belongs to who you are. The mission is surrounding you. Your mission is in your heart, in your home, in your community, in the workplace. And we will prepare you for that mission. In each episode, we're gonna provide you with the tactics and our strategy to help you go to that next level as you bring the solutions that have been placed inside of you with the lens that you've been given to see the world now more than ever. This is your time to move. This is your time to continue mission. I'm your host, Adam Jones, and it's an honor to serve you. In an aircraft, we would do whatever we could to keep things light. And in here, we have what's called a sling load. That's when you like see a helicopter pick up like a Humvee you know, and like fly around with the Humvee underneath. Um, we would do that, but there would be times where they said, hey, if anything goes wrong, cut sling load, meaning drop the Humvee because your life matters too much. Some of you guys, man, you have relationships in your life that you need to cut sling load. You need to say like, I can't, I can't take this person anymore. When I was your age, I started to be given some options. One of those options was, hey man, come hang out with us, dude, and my older brothers. Well, older brothers were a lot older. Dad was in prison. 
and the uncle was around. And the uncle's making drugs in the garage. And the older brothers are doing those drugs. It didn't matter if I was only in seventh grade, guys. I was introduced to that quickly. And I started to realize, man, I want to be a Blackhawk pilot. Like I'm telling you, if you really get something that you really, really want, and you put your focus on it for, for a long time, and you stay consistent no matter how hard it gets, and you continue mission no matter how hard it gets, you'll make the right decisions over, over the span of time. I said, man, I, I got to leave my buddy. He's, do, he's doing all these drugs and stuff. Like, I can't, I can't let this happen. They're not going to take me. The army will not allow me to fly if I have that in my past. So I had to let that guy go. All right, well, look, I really hope that that served you. Um, you probably noticed by now, if you're watching on video on YouTube, we had a wardrobe change. I mean, that's what happens as a leader when you feel inspired to share something with someone else. Um, here's what I mean by that. In the beginning of the episode, I literally quickly walked outside of my house, pulled out a phone and um, documented what I wanted to teach you just very quickly in like a two minute segment, right? Um, but now here I am today, just a couple days later, ready to actually give you that teaching. And I tell you that because there's a really cool lesson here on leadership. You know, I talked about this in the last episode, but I'm going to say it again. Leadership is really a lifestyle. It's not an event. We don't go somewhere, go to a two-day event and learn how to become a leader. We live it out. These two-day events matter. You know, the workshops that I run here at Kingdom Operatives, they matter, right? But they are an accelerator, they're either an accelerator or an activator, a foundation, right? Meaning we're going to lay a foundation of some key things. We're going to put a lens of leadership together. We're going to put a language of leadership together. We're going to give you some things to work on. And then you're going to go out there and you're going to live the life of leadership, live the life of influencing other people to accomplish different goals and objectives, both for themselves and the company that you lead, right? So here's my point. When I started this episode, I went outside and just quickly captured what I needed to talk to you about. Man, you're living this life. I hope you're seeing it. You live the life of leadership. So now I'm all situated. I'm at my desk. I got my professional microphone and I'm ready to give you the training that I wanted to give you a couple days ago. See, so quickly we miss opportunities that come into our mind and we go, oh, I'll get to that later. But I believe a leader, a leader takes just seconds to quickly jot down whatever it is, pull out their phone, get something started, and then honestly, then you're committed to teaching it. And that's what happened with me and you. I committed to teaching this to you. And now it's time to get rolling. So just wanted to give you that quick lesson on it. Now take a second and think back to what I was talking about. Understand that context is crucial. Okay, so I was speaking to a group of young men, you know, sixth through eighth grade, right around that age. Um, even though Kingdom Operatives, we mainly focus on training leaders to build leaders. Every once in a while, I just want to volunteer my time, come in, serve an organization, maybe in my local area, and be able to help build a proper foundation of leadership. So knowing that context, understand what I was talking about. I was talking about a, a, a conversation that I had with them that was called, from the classroom to the cockpit. You know, how did I end up actually achieving my childhood dreams? I mean, because I'm telling you, since I was like a little kid, I wanted to be in the army. I mean, talking about two, three years old, I wanted to be in the army. You know, four or five years old, I wanted to be an officer in the army. 
um, because I wanted, I just loved leadership and I wanted to be able to do that. And then right around that age group, you know, I think like six, seventh, uh, seven year old, six to seven year, years old, um, I knew I wanted to be a Blackhawk pilot. And just because I wanted it didn't mean the path was going to be easy. No, the path was filled with problems. You know, the path had a, had a collection of challenges along its way. But it's what built character in me so that I could handle the position. So quickly, we want to accelerate our growth and skip the process of becoming. We just want the result, right? Hey, just give me this result. It's going to be perfect. It's everything I need. Yeah, but who do you need to become in the process to be able to handle the challenges of that next position, of that result? I hope that makes sense to you. So for me, one thing um, I had to do is I had to develop the proper character of a pilot, of a Black Hawk pilot, and actually of a company commander, even though that wasn't my original intent. I just wanted to, you know, be an officer. I didn't know what type of officer. I just knew I wanted to fly and I wanted to lead some soldiers. So see, I had to develop character, right? And I was talking to these, these young men about that, about the decisions that we make and how they're tied to someone else's destiny. So this is the first tactic that I want you to deploy in your life, both for yourself and the people you lead, whether this is at home or at work, right? And it's allowing them to start to see, you know, whose destiny is tied to your next decision. The reason I can go speak to an audience of kids and speak for an hour and they're fully captivated in listening is because, yes, I bring intensity, but also I let them know very quickly that life is about more than just you. And as much as you feel challenged to maybe say that to the people you lead, I find that when I say it the right way, and I say it with the foundation of love in place, and I say, look, today I'm, I'm excited to share with you some principles that are going to help you, but I want you to know this is about more than just you. This is about your brother. This is about your sister. This is about your parents. This is about the people you'll lead one day. I'm telling you, in that moment, when they learn my, my decisions might be tied to someone else's destiny. They listen, they pay attention. So when we're talking about you growing as a leader and helping those that you lead, it's extremely important to understand that you need to give them the bigger picture. I mean, John Maxwell, um, I'm looking for my book right now. I usually have it right near me, but the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he talks about the law, I believe it's of the bigger picture. You got to stop and pull away from the situation and show the big picture of how what you do right now is tied to our company. What you do right now is tied to the success of our next championship as a team. And when they can begin to see that, not only do they have the bigger picture and, the, and a better perspective, but believe it or not, they start to operate with more confidence and clarity. And the reason they operate with more confidence and clarity is because they see that they're contributing to something bigger than them, which by the way, helps them lose any paralyzation of caused by fear. Remember fear falls when we focus on others. So when we zoom out and we show the big picture, what happens is the, the paralyzing effects of maybe fear or some type of hesitation 
overthinking, you know, maybe it's constantly thinking of yourself and how, how you're going to look on the field. That type of stuff goes away because you see, wow, it's so much bigger than me. When we look at ourselves, we become small. When we look out at others, we become large. We expand. We become more powerful. All right? So check that out. This is your first tactic that you're going to deploy in your life is you're going to teach people that their decisions might be tied to someone else's destiny. However you want to do that, I would, I would challenge you to start right away. You know, start with the people you lead the most often. Start with the people who are just looking for your influence, your guidance in their life. Teach this right now to a family member. You know, show your kid, regardless of their age, how, hey, did you ever think about when you show up prepared to class, what that does for other people in the classroom, that they start to see you and they see the results you're getting and they want to you know, be a part of that. Basically what I'm talking about right now is that leadership is example, okay? Someone asked me before, hey Adam, how do you spell leadership? And I said, man, I think it's spelled E-X-A-M-P-L-E, example. That's leadership. We cannot measure, okay, if we wanna measure results, we cannot measure what we do not first model. Why? Because if you are not modeling it, it will not be sustained. Ooh, I got, a, I got an alliteration here. I love alliterations. If you do not model it, they will not maintain it. That's good, right? I just thought of that one. They will, if you do not model it, they will not maintain it. So there's no point in you measuring it because it's not going to last. Man, I see way too many leaders who show up late to their own meetings. That's an embarrassment. I saw this in the military a lot too. You know, if you need more time to get to a meeting, plan accordingly. If you need more time to get to a meeting that you are holding for other people, man, then tell, then put buffer in your schedule. And if you show up late every once in a while, make sure you let them know why you're late and that you apologize to them because they showed up to, their, to your meeting on time. I learned this one the hard way. I started showing up late as a commander in the army uh, to my maintenance meetings. I think they're called production meetings. And I would show up late. And I remember they're like, there's like 20 people at a table, right? And they'd look over and I'd sit down, right? So for anyone who only has a civilian background, think of a, almost as like if I was in like a CEO role, right? So the, oh, you know, the owner's here, right? CEO's here, we can get started. And that's what they would say. They would say, hey, uh, Captain Jones is here. Um, let's go ahead and, and get started. In other words, that past 15 minutes, they've been waiting for me to show up. Now, there's parts where I could say, hey, just so you know, I won't be there at the meeting next week. I have a schedule conflict. I won't be there. Or I will be late. Start without me. But if you do not communicate these things to your team, how do you expect them to know? And what do you think that does to them to show that you showed up late for your own meeting, but they have to show up on time? Man, come on. You got this leader, right? I don't want you to be some transactional leader. I don't want you to have a team of transactional leaders that, that don't go past the surface of a relationship or the surface of what's in front of them. I want you to have transformational leaders, people who really 
help people change the way they see themselves, they see others, they see the world in front of them, they start to see problems, and they think of opportunities to help solve them. That's what I want for you. I hope you want it too. But remember, you cannot measure what you do not model because they will not maintain it. And that will probably be some quote that I'll put out somewhere else to help other people remember it because I'm telling you, I learned it the hard way. I saw it in other leaders who didn't do it. And then I saw it in the leaders who did it and they were just so appreciated by their unit or by their company, by their organization. You know, I've been working, um, running leadership development initiatives for different organizations for a while now. And one thing I noticed is the best organizations have leaders that empower other people. So how do we do that? Let's talk about that next. Um, we're going to just take a quick break, but I want you to think about that first part we talked about, teaching people, deploying a tactic, showing them, hey, whose who's destiny is tied to your next decision? Let them see that. Let them see the bigger picture. We'll get right back to this episode in just a moment. All right, so we have a really big problem right now in the country and really across the world. And it's that most teams are waiting for experience to compound so that they can prepare their leaders for what's next. In other words, your leaders might not be prepared. Your best leaders might've left by now and your team isn't really looking to stick around or get engaged too much either. And you got to wonder, well, what do we do now? And this is where I believe we live in a time where we must apply intentional, consistent, education, training, and equipping of our organizations so that not only will they stick around, but they'll grow. See, champions love a challenge. And you might right now feel like you're maxed out putting out nonstop fires and you're burnout, and I don't think that's right. I don't think it's okay that you are feeling like you have to do this all alone and that you just keep adding more to your schedule because your team's not ready. So if that's the case for you, then I want you to go to adamfjones.com. Let's book a meeting together. We'll figure out the proper service for you, and then we'll deploy that service using our Blue Sky Strategy tactics to be able to help you build an organization of influential, effective, and prepared leaders who begin to see this time in their life for the opportunities that are placed in front of them for them to grow. Go to adamfjones.com, and I look forward to getting to know you soon. All right, well, hey, welcome back to the episode. Um, I want to jump right into our second tactic that we are going to deploy in your life, all right? So um, I hope that first tactic really helped you. I hope you actually use it, and uh, you're not just getting all excited right now and, and inspired, but instead you're going to use what I talk about. All right, so the next one. I want you to help people begin to see a dream for their life. All right. So we talked about decisions and how decisions being tied to, you know, someone else's destiny. So we're basically saying, shift your focus, focus on others. Okay. But now what I want you to know is that when people begin to see a big picture for their life and we allow the people we lead to dream, we don't just allow it, but we encourage it. We don't just encourage it, but we activate the dream within them. When we do these type of things, we say, man, do you see the big picture of who you can become? The big picture of your life, right? And it, it has to be very clear. But when it's very clear, what can happen is the dream becomes a filter for decisions. That's what happened with me. I didn't realize it then, but I realize it today that when I said, man, I want to become a Blackhawk pilot. 
And because I want to be that, I'm not going to go hang out with these friends anymore. And because I want to be that, I'm going to study for my tests. And because I want to be that, you know, like I'm going to continue to stay focused on the things that will get me there. I think about this as a project manager. You know, I have a certification as a project management professional, PMP. And I had a really good mentor who helped me become a PM at a company, right? And one thing he said is, hey, Adam, you might be a project coordinator right now, but I want to help you become a project manager. And I said, that's exactly what I want too. And he said, okay, well, here's the path. By the way, I have the director agreeing to this path. See, this is really key. Man, I'm telling you, you can change someone's life if you actually do this for them. He gave me one page, a one-page roadmap with about probably eight different things we needed to focus on. And with those eight things, there were bullet points underneath them. So an example could be, if, if I can think back to it, um, uh, le leading my own project first. Before I become a project manager, I got to lead my own project, right? And he said, you know, like set up accounting codes, uh, establish um, the logistics for, you know, all this type of stuff. I, I mean, I wish I could remember it more. It was so specific, okay? It was like, uh, leverage this database and set up this account for the project. You know, complete a proposal. Um, complete negotiations for uh, a government customer. Like that type of stuff is what we had on there. So until that happened, I couldn't check it off. But it was such a clear thing. It was like, hey, Adam, we're going to focus on everything your job requires, but also we're going to follow this roadmap over the course of a year and a half. And as long as you accomplish these things, um, I have it agreed with a director that I work for that this qualifies you to be a PM. And then when a PM position opens up, this is going to put you in the best position possible you're going to be the most prepared. Remember, we talked about being prepared with the blue sky strategy. You'll be the most prepared for the next position. So he gave me a, a, a really clear image, like project manager, and this is what it's going to look like. And this is probably what the pay is going to be and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't wait. And then he gave me an actual plan to follow that would get me to what he had me picture. And believe it or not, we crushed that plan. You kidding me? We crushed it. And much quicker than a year and a half, I was prepared for the project management position. One opened up, I interviewed, and I got it. And I became a program manager of a multi-million dollar international contract with a lot of different team members, a lot of different specializations. It was amazing. You know, I got to work on aircraft modifications. I had engineers. I had all these different people, you know, working with me. I don't really like to say working for me. I don't know. It just doesn't fit right, at least with my personality. We were working as a team together and I was in a position to make decisions. You know, I was in a position to um, foster different relationships, make decisions. And at the end of the day, if it fails, it's on me. That's how I look at that leadership position. That's how I look at most leadership positions, by the way. But he gave me that. Now, think back to that conversation with, with the... Um, football team that I was talking to. I said, man, I want to be a Blackhawk pilot. I can't go do that. I feel like as leaders, one thing that we struggle with is how do we help people make the right decisions for themselves? And we feel like we need to put all these forcing mechanisms and stuff. My parents were not strict. My parents were present. 
They were loving, but they weren't strict because honestly, I was strict on myself because I knew what I wanted. You know, I was with my parents this weekend and they said, Adam, we just kind of followed you around anywhere you wanted to go. Now, I'm not saying this to talk about me. I'm saying this because this is what it looks like if you take someone who has a dream and you support them and you help them get there and you remind them of things that are not going to help them. So like, long story short, let's just add in like a different, maybe maybe a person in my life who says, Adam, you want to be a Blackhawk pilot? If you go do that, that's not what a Blackhawk pilot does. Okay, Adam, you want to be a Blackhawk pilot? You're not that good at running. You got to get better at running because that's what that profession does. They, they run, they have PT tests. You see what I'm saying? I hated running my entire life. I'm, I'm like not built like a runner at all, okay? And maybe that's an excuse, but whatever. I hate running. And... I remember being like, but I have to run in order to get there because it's required. We don't need to water things down for people. We need to make things clear for people. A leader's first job is to define reality for the people they lead. To say, hey, here's what's really going on. Here's what it really looks like to be in the position you want to move into. Here's what that life is really going to look like. Let's say you have some entrepreneur you know, maybe, maybe maybe you're a business owner and you're helping other people be able to develop their own companies. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know who I'm talking to right now when you're listening to this, but let me just give you an example. Let's say that's the case. Are you making it really clear of what that life is going to look like? Hey, just so you know, you're going to probably work weekends. Hey, just so you know, at night, you know, when your family goes to sleep, you're going to get working, right? Hey, just so you know, you're going to need to put proper boundaries in because Everything is going to be fighting for your free time and your schedule. See, that's our second tactic. Help people dream so that they have a filter to make a decision. Deploy that tactic today. Man, I hope this episode added value to you. I want to let you know how you can add value to me. You can make sure you're subscribed to this podcast both on the podcast platform and the YouTube platform. I'll make sure I have the link in the show notes. That's part one. Another thing you can do that would just help me so much because, man, I believe in this. I'm so convicted in helping you train your leaders to build leaders or train you to build leaders. I mean, I want that so much because I believe we all deserve good leaders in our lives. I believe everyone is looking for good examples right now. And you can be that and you can activate those in other people, all right? So another thing you do, you can share this with one person that you believe needs to grow as a leader or wants to grow or is gonna consistently grow. And I wanna bring it all together with this because I just said something I need to hit on. Needs to grow. We all need to grow. Leadership is not a binary. Leadership is not a binary, meaning we have it or we don't. It is a continuum. It is something we continue to develop over and over. How good of a leader are you? How effective of a leader are you? How prepared of a leader are you? Right? According to who? According to you, according to your team, according to your family. You know, all of that matters to be able to help you grow. So it's consistent. This is a lifestyle. Um, I actually have a clip I want to play for you real quick. So listen to this, all right? 
not to get them to buy. The point of the sale is to get them to decide. And so if you guys don't know, the definition of, of decide comes from Latin, which is decadere, which means to literally cut off. And so the question you ask the prospect is, that's what this word means. And so the question is, which future are we cutting off today? Are we cutting off the future that is more aligned with the dreams that you're trying to accomplish? Or are we cutting off the past that you're trying to step out of? All right, so that's from a guy named Alex Hormozzi. Just has some really good content out there. And he's talking about making decisions with someone in like a sales process. But I think today you need to make decisions. You need to help other people make decisions to cut off different paths in their life. See, if I would have went down the path of drugs, of alcohol use, of all these different things, right? Of crime. I mean, it was all possible for me, okay? Why? Because we are so influenced by our environment and the people around us. And I could have went down that path. And a lot of other people can go down that path today. And we need to make it very clear. What do you want to cut off? Do you want to go down that path? Okay, because if you don't, then this is what we need to cut off. And if you want to become this, if you want this dream, if you want to be a pilot, then this is what we need to cut off. Decisions come down to cutting off different paths in our life and making it clear and moving forward. You cannot decide two things. All right, you can't. You got to pick. Right now, you have to pick. You have to decide who are you going to be, not only at work, but at home. Who will you be as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife? Who will you be? And cut off the things that are stopping that from happening. Subscribe, share, and I'll see you next time. Because remember, no matter what happens, whether we are at the top of a peak experiencing all the success in the world. We just climbed Mount Everest and we're like, there's nothing better than this. Or we're at the bottom of a pit, stuck in the valley, surrounded by darkness, wondering how we're ever going to get out. We have no more money left. We have no one following us. We have broken relationships. Whether that happens, top of the peak, bottom of a pit, we must. Because people are looking at you as an example right now. Because your life isn't over yet. Because sure, there might be a bad chapter, but the story's not done. We must continue mission.